from the green room to the boardroom, we are smashing goals and breaking ceilings. You're listening to Entrepreneurista Podcast. I am Lena Graham Morris, the Entrepreneurista, your business and strategy coach. We hope you enjoy your session with us. into this economic empowerment conversation yes. because I think it piggybacks nicely to everything that we've discussed so far. And so we're going to bring into the broadcast Ms. Lena Graham-Morris. She is the Director of Strategic um, Programs and Initiatives. I probably botched that title with the African American Chamber of Commerce of Central Florida. She's one of my good friends, but also she is known as the Entrepreneurista. So I'm going to have her come in, tell us about the entrepreneurista, her movement, and we're going to talk about economic empowerment and how we can um, how we can do some things here in 2018 to um, strengthen our personal economy. So Ms. Lena Morris, welcome to the program. Well, hi, ladies. Thank you for having me. Hi. Today. hi. How are you this Sunday? Great. Yeah. So... Very quickly, you know, um, I always tell people I feel like being an entrepreneur is in my DNA just because of the way that I was raised around entrepreneurs. They created a legacy. They, My family came here from Detroit with one truck. We have eight offices now as a family business, and they, they created um, sustainability and self-made millionaires. So it's near and dear to my heart, and that's also why I enjoy working with African American Chamber so much um, as a director of operations and strategic initiatives to help folks to work towards that dream. And so the entrepreneurs just kind of evolved and morphed with all of my experiences, the good, bad, and the ugly, because it's not easy. Um, we talk about economic empowerment and it goes both ways to make that leap into entrepreneurship. You have to take the lumps and and bumps with it as well to, to get the payout. And I want to say, Demetria, congratulations on your achievement. Just it's been a a week, right? That you actually received the emerging business of the year through uh, the Eagle Awards, African American chamber. So congratulations. And that's, that's an example of how working towards being an entrepreneur, if you have that reward. Yeah. Thank you so much. It is, um, I'm still shocked, um, that, that I won, but, um, I am so humbled and grateful because it is been a, it's definitely been a journey of a lifetime. And for, to me, it's just a, a recognition that I'm on the right path, you know? And so that, that's, that's a lot of what I needed to just be affirmed that I'm on the right path and I'm doing the right things and that people are going to recognize my work. So Absolutely. And I want to say this, Demetria, there's really no official definition of economic, economic empowerment, but there's a few things that I saw that I just wanted to share real quick. And it talked about the capacity of women and men um, to participate and contribute and to benefit from growth processes. So, I mean, there's some key words, participate, contribute, and benefit, and also talks about recognizing the value of their contributions, respect and dignity, and the ability to negotiate for benefits of growth. And so, you know, and another term, it talks about having 
control of your economic destiny. And I really think that that's what entrepreneurship is, is having control of your economic destiny. Someone said at one time, a job is just overbroke. It's just enough for someone to control you and to, to be comfortable. And if you really want to break the glass ceiling and you want to create a legacy, sometimes you do have to take that entrepreneurial piece under so that you can you can take your own economic destiny uh, you know in your control so just wanted to share that as well listen i gotta put that over here yes equals job is just over broke what i heard that and 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 especially i think in our generation of professionals it's we generally have a, a a decent salary but think about the intellectual property that you are giving to um individuals and how they are profiting from that intellectual property well that property i think christina has experienced that with the corporation <laughs> we won't mention no major corporation name but i know she experienced that i mean Hallelujah. you could call you could call it a plant modern day plantation but we won't go down that road today <laughs> not today Maybe on someday, but not today. So, Lena, tell us a little bit more about your personal experience. So, you talked about your family legacy, but I know that you have been an entrepreneur, made it, not made it, made it again. You've had some ups and downs. Tell us about your experience um, for creating your control of your own destiny and, well, you and know what, what happened. Well, you know what? The entrepreneurista is really um, being able to help folks not make mistakes that I did so many times especially in this social media world that we live in everyone yells out when they succeed right but when they fail they're quiet you don't hear about it we want to regroup we feel embarrassed you know and so you don't hear that I think that my failures have made me who I am today and so really the entrepreneur is someone who wants to yell from the rooftops hey listen I tried that that was terrible it didn't work you know I've been there I've lost everything more than once I have been homeless it's I mean it's just not cute at all but I didn't give up because it was it was something that was near and dear to my heart. It was my why, which you talk about a lot, Demetria. So, it, you know, with entrepreneurs, first of all, when you're talking about um, the, you know, the historical information that we chatted about earlier, what is the why? What, what's the why on everything? What's the legacy? We really have to be clear on our why. And then for me, the why, and we had this talk once, um, and you helped me drill down on it as a coach. You know, I thought the why was financial, but it's not. The why was more of stability and freedom. And so what is your why, right? And so, you know, between determining what your why is and, you know, the entrepreneurs really wanted to share just good, bad, and the ugly, right? Let's talk about it because you're not the only one. That's what happens with entrepreneurs. The entrepreneurs think they're the only ones who haven't, you know, messed up and they didn't do their taxes. They think that they're the only one who, you know, didn't deliver how they should on a contract. They think they're only the only one who the li- the list goes on, but they're not. They're not. And so having that support and those conversations, being transparent and then working backwards on supporting each other, that's how we have that economic um, freedom that we all aspire to have. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So let's talk a little bit more about that economic freedom. So, you know, we we did a little research and so this year is the 50th 
anniversary, the assassination of Dr. King. And so one of the things I did last week is I went back and listened to his mountaintop speech because that was the last speech that he gave. And the message was there very clear, you know, beyond a dream. It was about economic empowerment. And so he talked about how he, he go several ways on the speech because I actually printed the speech off. So, you know, you guys should go and print the speech. I'll actually put a link in here so you can read it. But it says, um, he talks about all the things that they're going to do. But then he says, um, the other thing we have to do is always anchor our external direct action with the power of economic withdrawal. So he talked about how um, individually as a people we were poor, um, but collectively how we were richer than all the nations in the world except nine. And um, he said that we had an annual income of more than $30 billion a year, which is more than the exports of the United States. And that was in 1968. And so now the economic and the buying power of our community is, is great. So how can we tap into not just this message, but actually make it tangible and actionable? I think we talked about 1.3 trillion, and then it was going to grow to 1. Point, was it five? Yeah, I'm making it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that we chatted about briefly is maximizing our human capital. So we always talk about revenue, mm-hmm. but to collective the word collectively that we've heard multiple times tonight collectively means coming together so how can we come together as entrepreneurs and as a community to support one another and so there's things like strategic partnerships there you will look at other cultures and no matter what the conversation has been before there's a contractor there's an opportunity that comes up there's no sidebar conversation or there's no um hesitation to reach out and say hey we need to get together and we need to collaborate so that we can get this contract and then driving back our dollars to support our businesses and being realistic i know that we're speaking about being realistic on what the expectation and the and the user experience or the customer experience is so not that we're being too harsh or not that we're being too loose that we're being fair because we are spending our dollars at 1.3 trillion Mm-hmm. And so we need to be fair at what the expectations are. I think that's a few, a few things that you know right off of the top that I can think of. Okay, Christina, what do you think? What are some of the things you think we can do to help to help drive that economic, um, that collective economic empowerment that we can put into action right now, so that you know we all can have uh, control of our own economic destinies? Well, you know, one of the things that prompted me to want to have this discussion today, especially in the wake of Dr. King's, uh, the, the anniversary, 50th anniversary of his assassination, is because I see economic empowerment as a way to be an activist, right? I think we talk about activism from the standpoint of protesting, from the standpoint of uh, marching. Uh, we were just talking about the Women's March as an example. And when we talk about from an economic standpoint, activism, we talk about economic boycotts. So um, don't purchase this, don't go here, don't do this. But usually that's for a very finite amount of time. And they don't want very, don't boycott Netflix, right? Like we talked about 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so usually that's a very finite amount of time, a very short period of time. And so what I think we should do perhaps instead is think of ourselves as economic activists and look at it from the same way I I look at, um, you know, plant, plant based eating. So I uh, read this article because I thought, you know, plant-based meant veganism or vegetarianism. And then I read this article from a young woman and said, no, it just means you think about plants first, eating plants first. So in the same way, I feel like we should think about supporting small business owners, minority-owned business, women-owned business. We should think about them first. Of course, you're going to have to go to big box retailers. I mean, it's, it's a part of the fabric of our lives, you know, and there are certain things that we simply can't get in other places. Of course, you're probably going to order something from Amazon, and we know that Amazon has made its mission to be Earth's largest retailer, <laughs> but when you have the opportunity to support a small business owner, um, you should do it. I mean, yesterday, I, it was a wonderful opportunity. I was here. I will shout out Flawless uh, Beauty Salon and a Nail Bar because I found out that it was a, a, a women-owned business, a minority-owned business. It's a, it, We always get our nails done. We always get our hair done, all of these things. And it was. it's a fabulous salon. And so when you say I, minority, what do you mean? Well, I'm saying minority in the sense of people of color, women of color. Um, you know, obviously for myself, my community, I like to support black people. <laughs> you know, I'm a black woman and I want to be able to support other black businesses. Um, but, you know, if you are a, an Asian American, a Chinese American, then I don't see anything wrong with you saying I want to support other Chinese business own- owners. You know, so that that's kind of how I'm looking at it. And so I, I had a great experience. I, I made a second appointment. And um, and I think sometimes we, we just have to be more cognizant about when we have the opportunity to support uh, the, these small businesses, women-owned business, minority-owned businesses, that we just do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. All if right. I well, interject, we... Demetria. Yeah, go if ahead, I... and I'll pull up some comments. Okay, so if I can interject, so I, what you're saying is exactly correct. Small business and local business, in addition to minority, that is what this country was built on. So still keeping those dollars in the local community is still going to create an impact in the um, in your community and that's one of the things that that's great with the chamber we have the directory up and you can visit so finding those businesses but I want to pose this question and it may go to some of the comments is why is it such an afterthought just what is why do you think that it takes energy or is such an afterthought for us to support sometimes smaller um, or minority owned businesses Ooh, I don't know you you want to go first sister well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to let see if folks want to chime into that. So there's a couple of comments here. Um, Shereen Smith, thank you for chime, tuning in, chiming in. One of the comments she put was using the same principles that Jewish community use, and we should do transactions with our business owners. She said we can all win if we make a decision, make sure our dollars don't leave our business owners. And um, um, she said right there is nothing wrong with saying we support our black business owners first. So, um <laughs> So yeah, so um, so why is it an afterthought? You know, 
I think um, I think a couple of things. So let me start with the, the easiest answer first, because the other answer has a lot more complexity. The first thing I think is um, convenience. We are creatures of convenience. And the truth is, we, we, we get we kind of lazy sometimes you know we don't want to think hard we don't want to go on that extra mile we don't want to uh you know make that extra effort and so it's easier to run out to the nearest closest biggest thing because it is convenient so you know I think that's why it becomes an afterthought. Um, I think the other reason why, because, you know, prime example, right here in this community um, that I live in, you know, recently a Walmart came into play. Um, and people, they bitched and moaned about Walmart coming, but honey, as soon as Walmart opened, they stopped going to the other driving down to the public sort of this or that or or even the farmer's markets that we used to have here we used to have farmer's markets come on every weekend the farmer's markets are not coming back anymore why you know so you know things like that why but hey everybody you know they love to scan and go you know so that it is that's one thing now the other thing that is more complex um a more complex response is so let's talk about how we are uh, socialized and you know indoctrinated and and in culture so we talk about culturally how we move you know a lot of the way we move culturally as as a people or as any group is based on how we're socialized and part of our socialization was that um you know even in using the term minority you know, why Why are we in my, we're not minor. I said this yesterday when I talked about HBCUs. There's nothing minor about us. You know, we may not have the same numbers from a statistical standpoint, but there's nothing minor about our people and nothing minor about the quality that we bring. There's nothing minor about the um, brilliance of women and people of color. So why do we continue to use that? So that whole mindset and mentality that the quality is not gonna be the same, the work is not gonna be the same, they're not gonna be able to produce what have you. We carry the vestiges of that in our own decision-making each and every day. And I think that's too why it becomes an afterthought. Those people say, oh, well, I didn't know or I didn't see, man, listen. There's a lot, I see a lot. You know, if right. you're looking, you'll see it. And there's a lot of businesses out there. If you're looking, you'll see them. But we carry the vestiges of all of that with us. So that was the simple answer and the more complex answer. I don't know, Christina, what you think? No, I think you you hit the nail on the head. I think uh, conven- the sim- a part of the simple answer, convenience as well as cheap and <clears throat> Um, you know, Walmart is going to be able to offer you a cheaper price because of scale and scope and all of those other things. But typically, as the saying goes, you get what you pay for. I'm not anti-Walmart. I don't want it to seem like I am I'm anti-Walmart, but what I what I will say, and I think everybody knows this, as a result of those those big box retailers, a lot of small businesses 
have gone out of business or have not been, they're not able to be competitive on the price because Walmart is in a position to tell a vendor, this is how much you are gonna sell it for. Whereas the small business owner has to accept what the vendor says is his or her her price. So we have been uh, conditioned as well to say, you know, well, I'm only gonna spend however much, $5 on that. And if I go to this small business owner and it's more than $5, if it's $6.50, I'm not about to pay that extra dollar fifty cents. But it's like, that is not fair because they have a different, a completely different setup. So I think along with convenience, we expect things to be cheap and quality at the same time. And, um, you know, I believe it was fast, good, or cheap was the thing that one of my bosses used to tell me. You can have, uh, you can't ever have all three at the same time. So uh, you're going to have to pick. If you want it fast, then it probably ain't going to be good or it might not be cheap, you know, so <clears throat> things like that. And then to your other point, as far as the more complex answer, you know, again, we, we do have old vestiges. Um, as uh, Shireen pointed out, we have been conditioned in a lot of ways to not only distrust one another, but to assume that the quality is not going to be as good. Um, you know, I probably shouldn't say this, but to, to take a uh, phrase that my, my brother taught me, uh, we tend to think that Mr. Charlie's ice water is colder. And if we have that belief in the back of our mind, you know, I think I used as an example earlier that, you know, if you go to a mechanic and you say you get beat one time or you don't feel like the quality was as good as it should have been, you you project those feelings onto every other black mechanic. Mm -hmm. But you could go to Jiffy Lube that has been sued for like doing stuff to your vehicle that they're not supposed to do or lying to you. I, I guess I shouldn't say Jiffy Lube because I guess I have to look up the exact lawsuits, but you go into these different smaller places that have been sued for this sort of behavior and it doesn't stop you from going back there. So, um, so you hit the nail on the head about the vestiges. So yeah. how do we, how do we collectively and proactively become economic activists like the two of you? What, I mean, what could you leave individuals with so that um, even if it's not taking that journey of entrepreneurship, we can all be in this economic empowerment situation together. Because again, it's collaborative. It is, um, it's, we all need to contribute to it. It's a community effort. And so instead of just celebrating, we celebrate like Small Business Saturday and we do things here and there. But how do you change? What, what could you give individuals to take away? How do you collectively change? I mean, I was just listening to you also. I thought you a good time to give folks something to take away. Yes, I'm with you. Well, you know, someone, um, so I put that in. How do we collectively become economic activists? So one of the comments that we have here, create a collective similar to celebrities collective like Oprah, Jay-Z, and Usher. So yes, I think we do need to create more collectives. I think we do need to make, you said the word earlier about um, strategic partnerships and alliances. Um, 
there's definitely opportunity there. And then I think, you know, again, we shouldn't wait to small business Saturday. We could do something every Saturday. Like you could do one thing every Saturday. You could do one thing every day. And so one of the things that even Dr. King called for, and this was in 1968, like I said, he talks about telling folks that, hey, um, we've got to strengthen black institutions. So I call upon you to take your money out of the banks downtown and just deposit your money into Tri-State Bank. This was in Memphis. And so, hey, get online there you know there is a banking black movement find a black bank even if you don't move all of your money start a savings account because we all need to save more anyway so start a savings account that you're not going to touch and and have that money there that's something that you can do that is going to have ripple effects each and every day um hey if you need a coach you know i gotta throw a plug in there <laughs> you know call call me if you need someone to come into your organization if you have small business you know and you have employees you need training and development for them hey call someone like myself to come in and work with you and we'll put something together because you the people are there the opportunities are there like you with the net so we do a really good job with hair salons like that's where we do a really good job but we kind of leave it there because you know we particular about our hair but hey i got a girlfriend who is a, is, a, is a stylist you know we, we do closet makeover i had my floors done in my house i had some other work done in my house all by going to the chambers directory so here in I orlando that, yeah. i we went to the chambers directory <laughs> And you know what? I start. I looked up. Okay, these are the things I need to have done in my home. These are the. the, the I'm gonna start doing business with the people who are around me each and every day, and 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 I hope they also in turn start doing business with me. And doing business might just be a referral. Say, hey, if you're looking for somebody that's really good, like um, or somebody that can do that, do that. I mean, it. It's it's not hard. It's it's just doing one thing each and every day. So I was going to say, Demetria, yes. And so thank you for giving. I was going to make sure that I gave the chamber a plug for blackcommerce.org on for the directory. But if we start doing that, then the other thing we can do, folks, is start holding each other accountable, right? So we said one of the things that makes us shy away is that we say, hey, we are uh, we don't think we'll get the same quality. Well, if we start coming back together as a community and doing business, hey, listen, I want to give you my business, but I my expectation is that you're going to do this for me and start having those conversations right and that and then that will be pushed back and dialogue back and forth to sharp iron sharpens iron I mean we have to start having those conversations instead of getting mad and going on social media and 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 saying something let's have a let's have a dialogue because it's all about business and let's see what we can do better let's keep each other accountable and I think that that is something that we really need to start doing um, again. I try to make a point of it and have those hard conversations, and it goes both ways. And um, if, if more of us start having those hard conversations, we keep each other accountable. Then maybe the trust, as you say, will come back into doing business with each other. Yeah, and I think you know a key thing you said right there in that conversation. Have the conversation with me first. So if I don't deliver. To your level of expectation. First of all, we should be clear on our expectations first. You know, let's have a conversation with one another and make sure that we're all clear on our expectations. And give me a chance to make it right. 
Because we want to make it right. Give me a chance to make it right before you put me on blast. Because guess what? We've all had a bad experience. I mean, we've talked about them a lot, so I guess we can't keep saying Walmart's name, for instance. But, what is, you know, it's Walmart, it's Kmart. I mean, shoot, it could be, you know, Exxon, whatever. I mean, we all had Macy's. I Macy's. had a bad experience with them. Yeah. You know, Matt. You know, you we all been somewhere. You know, we love our makeup. I had to bring them in there. Hey, the nail salon when we going by the tear at all of these stores. Okay, we've had bad experiences at, at many of places and go back. Mm-hmm. So we need to give each other an opportunity to make it right. And like like Shireen said, hold me accountable. So yes, we gonna hold you, Miss Shireen, accountable. Miss Shireen has y'all y'all look her up. Kingdom Cares funding. Go ahead, look up Miss Shireen Smith. Go ahead, Christina. Okay. What you wanna say? Yeah, I just wanted to add to that. I think everything you all have already stated is spot on. Again, I keep saying that, but I just have to keep saying it because I think it definitely, you know, it's about supporting one another. It's about the collective and the partnership. Um, For those of us who, it's about when you have projects, whether, like you said, beyond your hair and your nails and your makeup for the sisters, if it's something that you need repaired in your house if you're looking to buy a home if you need a new car if you are um i don't know if you need a financial advisor a personal trainer i mean there are just so many things and so many people that we can be tapping into and so often we don't we overlook the the people that are right in our area are right in our neighborhood are right in our um our close-knit community right <clears throat> we're in our if us being in the sorority in our chapter I mean you know you do a great job because you're you're doctors uh you've had the privilege of going to a dermatologist and another doctor for that are both uh black women and so that is awesome as well the only the other piece that I wanted to add not the I guess the only uh, additional thing I wanted to add would be that I think it's important for us not only to maximize those relationships and partnerships, but also to pool our funds because and, and invest. Um, one of the things that um, for those of us who are just over broke, you know, I may not start a small business um, in the the the. the short term or even in the long term I will have to go to a job but in that job I do get paid and I do have the opportunity to save and as you mentioned Demetria you know partnering or putting your money in black owned banks is also a very important aspect but you know you posted about an article recently about a family that purchased the land that their ancestors had pick the cotton on and so it's like how beautiful is it would it be if each one of us did that like as families we got together and we pooled our resources and we purchased land and property that our people people once had to work you know grandma's house don't be out here fighting over pennies about who has the rights to grandma's house or things like that because somebody can come in and swoop in and take that property while y'all are in the midst of fighting each other. Gentrification. 
gentrification that's exactly where I'm, I'm headed that's exactly where I'm headed because so often we see our own neighborhood places that we grew up and um, you and I not we didn't specifically have that experience but there are a lot of places where people have grown up and we did not value those places we yeah. saw them as eyesores. We saw them as the wrong side of the track. We saw them as all these negative, we added all these negative connotations to them. Mm-hmm. And the minute a big coffee chain that I love so much comes into the neighborhood, <laughs> or the moment, you know, that, um, posh, uh, little boutique or the, um, vegan restaurant comes in then that becomes the hot neighborhood and then we don't even we can't afford we get pushed out we can't afford to now live in grandma's house or in the apartment that we lived in, or the the building that we lived in for for years we can no longer do that and so i think it's important we've got to invest in real estate and, and I'm saying this to myself, as I say it here, we have to invest in real estate. We can't get mad that others come into our neighborhoods that we did not value and start buying things up and then get mad because we got pushed out. No, we should have been taking care of our own from the beginning. So that's the other piece I wanted to add to everything about investing, buying property and maintaining our own. Can you know, investment clubs, you know, hey, yeah. so investment club in your family. Uh, you know, there's no reason why we can't own, why, you know, maybe I can't buy that share of Apple stock by myself, but together we can buy a few shares of that Apple stock, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Can I add something, Demetria? Yes, please. Christine's comment is so good because it also lets us know something that goes directly back to economic empowerment and entrepreneurship. We need to be aware. Right. So these decisions that are happening, they have been in the works for years. We need to start understanding how our local government works. We need to start going into the city council. All of that is open. So for some reason, a a lot of times we're not aware. We don't go in and find out what's going on. We need to find out what's going on and be aware of what's happening around us years in advance, because so many times it gets to a point where what we see is happening then it's too late. And so I always tell entrepreneurs that I work with, we have to know the rules of the game. You know, we weren't given all of the pages in the book sometimes, but we have to fill them in. We're educated. We, we're intuitive. We need to fill them in the best we can, and we need to share them with others. Mm-hmm. They can also take a note for what's missing in their book, and they can stay aware. And by doing that, again, collaborating collectively, we become stronger. We become more aware. We work together. And I think that's the crux of this historical um, speech too that we're speaking of still today that we can take away so so the three big words I'm, I'm typing them in the comments here collaboration um, partnership and oh come on spell alliances for me A-L-L-I-A-N-C-S I have to write it down Girl, listen, you start typing and then your mind just kind of go past it. Yes. So that's our key, our key words here. Collaboration, partnership, and alliances. And if you put alliances second, you can remember that's cap. 
and there's not enough for everybody. Only so many people can, there's only so many seats at the table and there's not going to be enough for both of you. So which one is it going to be? And that's why we, and we're in a lot of ways effectively pitted against each other. And we, we keep stuff to ourselves because it's like, if they know what I know, then I'm not going to be as valuable. And I just, I think that is certainly a, we do ourselves and each uh, and we do ourselves a disservice, each other a disservice by not going in and having those conversations and being able to negotiate for ourselves and for each other because hey the only way we we get to be in a better position is if we do go to a job we want to make as much we want to maximize our profits mm-hmm. absolutely and if you are at a job and you um have um you are have reached a certain level of earning potential consider it and you want to stay there consider investing in a small business there's you know hey maybe we can come together as a collective and be angel investors for that person that wants to start a small business you know got a small business over here hey you want to invest <laughs> or if you're a decision maker demetria then give give a small business a contract or opportunity that not just give it away but someone who is worthy and you know will execute properly then you can make a change in that company's you know growth and sustainability by offering them that absolutely and the truth of the matter is because most of these small most most of these mega corporations started off as small businesses mm-hmm. yep all right, ladies. Well, we are going to kind of wrap up this conversation. Um, and if we, uh, let's see, how do I want to wrap up this conversation? Is there one takeaway? Um, we'll start with you, our guest, Miss Lena. Um, one takeaway. I am just thrilled on the term of economic activist. So just hearing that and the the takeaway of how we come together and become economic activists every day. Okay, cool. Christina, what about you? Um, You know, I think the economic activism portion comes from this very strong desire within me to be free. And freedom for me is very much tied to our our economic empowerment. Um, You know, we often talk about the level playing field if you will and unfortunately in so many areas the playing field is not level but ultimately the um the dollar the dollar has the same value no matter who who holds it in their hands so i think that that's where we have that's how we have to use our economic act economic activism that's a part of being an economic activist is being empowered um financially Okay. Well, you know, for me, there's so many takeaways, but um, I think at the end of the day, it's going to be CAP. So collaboration, alliances, and partnerships. If we can collaborate and we can um, align ourselves together and we can partner more, we will definitely make a huge difference in our personal economies and in our collective economy as a community, as a people, as as women. And so we are about to sign off. So next um, next broadcast. The greatest test of one's character is the ability to lose as gracefully as you win. I am Lena Graham Morris, the entrepreneur, your business coach, strategist, and author. 
speaker extraordinaire. My journey is quite interesting. And so that caused me to establish the Entrepreneurista and Entrepreneurista Enterprises. I am a product of four generations of entrepreneurs who have very humble beginnings and continue to fight every day to be advocates for other small minority and women-owned businesses. Um, I didn't always work with the family. I went out on my own ventures, worked with PBS and NPR for several years and have a extensive not-for-profit background, uh, including uh, being blessed to serve as the director of the African-American Chamber of Commerce of Central Florida. And it was during that time that I really um, allowed my experience of running a studio for seven years and, and being um, put into a situation um, as an entrepreneur and getting sick, losing uh, basically everything, those two, those two experiences combined and birthed the entrepreneurista because I wanted to be able to speak to other entrepreneurs, um, particularly disadvantaged entrepreneurs, about how they can make it through those times that they are not alone and how they strategize and move forward, how they increase their bottom line. And so um, full circle, I am now back with our family business, um, being groomed by my uncle to take the business model to a different level and to create additional opportunities. I am the founder of Entrepreneurista Enterprises and I am your Entrepreneurista Business and Strategy Coach. I hope you'll join us and enjoy the podcast. It is more of a storytelling session and organic experiences and we hope you take away a few nuggets from each of our sessions. You're listening to a JMM Media podcast production.